stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's Director of ETF Research, our own Nina Mishra, to talk about India again. Because if you're not paying attention, which you might not be, there's a lot going on suddenly over in India with a lot of different areas. So we're going to try to cover it all here. We're going to talk about the banks Uh, digital payments, what's going on with the rupee, which is their currency, and tech regulation that could be impacting some big tech names that you might already own. So there's games afoot, it seems, in the Indian financial sector, Nina. We've been sending uh, articles back and forth to each other here in the office about this because this is like kind of a shocking story. So a week ago, the Reserve Bank of India told Yes Bank, which is the fifth largest bank in India by assets, I guess, that they have to basically fire their CEO and founder, Rana Kapoor, I guess is his name. That's correct. And it has to be done by January 31st, and you have to replace him, and too bad, (laughs) (laughs) suddenly. So the shares plunged on Uh this news. Uh They were down like 30% on the day of this announcement because it is a little weird. The shareholders voted him in for another three years in the CEO position, and again, he founded this bank in 2004. So mm-hmm. he's been there in this bank. 14 is, years. Yeah, mm-hmm. a long time. And now they're saying, get out. And I guess the board has asked the Reserve Bank to extend the deadline from January into April. Mm-hmm. And now I was reading the Reserve Bank said no <laughs> to that. <laughs> so then the shares were down again. Mm-hmm. And then they've reaffirmed um, like fiscal year 2019, I guess, their guidance there to try to soothe the markets to say like, we're going to be okay. It's not that bad, but they don't have a successor ready. Yeah. Why would they? Mm-hmm. And then it makes you think, what's going on that the the central bank would take an action like this? Sure. So uh, this was surprising or rather shocking that yeah. uh, there is a bank uh, told him basically to leave his position. And as you mentioned, he's the founder and CEO. This is Yes Bank was one of the fastest growing private sector banks in India. And Rana Kapoor basically became a billionaire because of the uh, growth of Yes Bank. Okay, now on a side note, we've talked about this in the past. They've been trying to privatize more of the banking mm -hmm, industry, right, mm -hmm, over the last like mm -hmm. decade or so? Yes. Okay. So Yes Bank was one of the beneficiaries of this privatization okay. of the banking industry. Uh, so still about two-thirds of banks in India, banking in India is public sector controlled. Only one-third is private sector controlled. And uh, But some of these uh, private sector banks like ICICI Bank, Yes Bank, Access Bank, they have been growing very fast. The problem of NPAs, non-performing assets, has been rising. And even though the problem of bad loans is mostly uh, with the public sector banks in India, but of late we have seen some big uh, corporate defaults in private sector banks 
as well. And the problem with Yes Bank, which I read, was that Reserve Bank was not happy with uh, the classifications of non-performing assets and provisions for those non-performing assets. So as you mentioned, uh, Yes Bank uh, represented to RBI again that we need more, more time to yeah. groom a successor because he had been leading, he founded the bank and he has been leading the bank for 14 years. Right. But it seems that they are not going to agree. <laughs> no. <laughs> the central bank is definitely getting very tough on, uh, you know, bad loans. And this is not the first time they have refused to extend a CEO's tenure. About five months back, they refused to extend the tenure of uh, chairperson of Excess Bank, okay. uh, which is another big private sector lender. And uh, the CEO, Shikha Sharma, she's one of the top women bankers oh, yeah. in India. Her uh, tenure was not extended. And before that, the board of ICICI Bank, the largest private sector bank in India by assets, uh, its CEO, Chanda Kocher, we have discussed her yeah. in the past. She was put on indefinite leave because of some problems and investigation uh, into her husband's business dealing okay. uh, with one of the big uh, loans. So Reza Bank is definitely getting tough and it's getting interesting. And that is why banks in India have not done well this year, whereas some other sectors of the economy, particularly technology companies, have done very well this year. Okay. Yeah, I took a look at a few of the banks that trade here in the U U.S. as ADRs. So there's HDFC Bank. That ticker is HDB. Year-to-date, those shares are down 10%. So that's not as bad as like Yes Bank or anything. Oh, down but almost one, one third. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But still pretty weak there. Mm -hmm. And then ICICI that you mentioned, that ticker is IBN. And those are down almost 12% year-to-date. So both are down double digits, but just relative weakness, as you mentioned, in the banking sector. So it sounds like that might be an area to avoid for now? Yeah, bad loans are becoming a problem and they are the central bank is getting tough. They are impl imposing some new rules and regulations regarding bad loan classifications. So I think bad, bad, uh, banks are going to be in trouble for some more time. And then they, this, there is this leadership uncertainty too. Yeah. Chanda Kocher is on leave and Rana Kapoor's tenure has not been extended. So they'll have to look for another CEO and uh, Access Bank is also looking for another CEO, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Seems kind of dangerous to be a bank CEO there right now. <laughs> sure. You gotta you gotta watch out. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's talk about what's happening with the currencies then, because that um, kind of might tie into mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. of this too. So the rupee, we've talked about this too, that's depreciated about 10% against the U.S. dollar since January, which is a big slide, and it's the weakest it's been in years. Yes. Uh, in fact, now it is down more than 13% okay. against the U.S. dollar. And this is very surprising because the economy is doing pretty well. The uh, For the latest quarter, GDP grew at the rate of 8.2%, making India the fa their fastest growing major economy in the world. Uh, but rupee is one of the worst performing major currencies this year. And even though Indian economy is in no way it can be compared to Argentina or Turkey, where where currencies yeah. have been battered, Indian economy is doing well. But oil uh, is 
oil imports are a big problem for India right. because India is a major oil importer. India imports almost 80% of its oil needs. Uh, so rising oil prices, they have affected the trade deficit in India, current account deficit, and they are impacting the currency. And then there's this uncertainty regarding importing from Iran to right. the political risks uh, India imports from Iran. And yeah, those, yeah those... just a side note for those who don't know about that, there is a November 4th deadline for the U.S. sanctions on Iran, and mm-hmm. that includes in you know any oil exports, mm-hmm. and India imports about $10 billion mm-hmm. of Iranian oil, I guess, mm-hmm. a year. So it's not a small amount. Exactly. So that is also making... Um, you know, importers nervous. And that's the reason why rupee has been going down. But rupee's weakness has benefited technology companies. Uh, So uh, while banks are going down, uh, the information technology broader, the index that tracks IT companies in India, it's up about 33% this year. And some of the IT companies like Tata Consultancy, uh, it has risen about 70% this wow. year because they exporters, they benefit from a weak currency. So right. they, they, they are software exporters. They are benefiting from uh, rupees weakness against the dollar as well as um, euro as well. So that is why we see this uh, divergence in performance of certain sectors of the stock market versus others. One of the last times I had you on, we were talking about the stock market boom over there and whether or not it was a bubble and all of that. Is that still going on? I didn't look before we came in here, but... Yeah, the the stock market, the broader indexes, they are up about 7% this year. Okay. Uh, That is after the recent sell-off due to, you know, banks went down after Yes Bank's announcement. Uh, So the stock market is doing okay. It is one of the very few international stock markets this year, which is which has gained yeah. because most of most of the major international markets are down this year. Only the U.S. stock market is up. So uh, and, and another thing is that while foreign investors are withdrawing from the uh, from emerging yeah. markets because they are worried about dollar strength and they want to take advantage of rising rates in the U.S. rather than investing in emerging markets. So. Uh, while foreign investors are withdrawing, domestic investors are putting more money into stocks. So okay. earlier, Indian stock market was, you know, it was more influenced by foreign inflows and outflows. Now, domestic investors who were earlier investing more in real estate and gold, they are investing in stocks now. Okay. So they are supporting the Stock market. All that right. is why stock market has a decent return this year. Yeah, but seven percent doesn't sound real bubblicious to me. Yeah, this year because I know so. when we talked about it, it was up like thirty or forty percent. Yeah, last year. Yeah, it had done too well. Yeah, so that's something to keep an eye on. But... And we should also remember that the Chinese stock market is down almost how much? 13, 14 percent this At year. At least, yeah. yeah. So yeah. compared to other emerging markets, Indian stocks have done uh, reasonably well, but, oh, for sure. but the currency is a big concern. Yeah. Well, it's cheaper for us to go visit now. Sure. <laughs> I was reading some real sob stories, though, about Indian students in the U.S., mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. now suddenly 
if it slides 13%, then they're paying they more for and... everything here. Yeah. yeah that so that's, that's so not pleasant for them. Sure. So the reverse is also true. But if you were thinking about traveling to India, now may be now your may chance. Be yeah. yeah, it's on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's switch over to the tech companies now because we've talked extensively about this in the past as mm-hmm. well. And now more, more things are happening there yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And mainly it has to do with now um, new legislation, kind of like an India first type of policy mm-hmm. about the tech companies. So mm-hmm. unlike China, India did not develop the same um, huge homegrown tech companies and mm-hmm. they didn't exclude outsiders from coming in. Mm-hmm. So Facebook entered, Amazon is there now, Google, the big names are all there. And they do seem to be pretty dominant players in the Indian tech landscape now. Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. talked about this in the past. The, even just the Facebook WhatsApp is the number one app in India and right. has over 200 million users. Mm-hmm. And that's still growing. So now it sounds like there's a little bit of a pushback on what's going on there in terms of the big tech companies. Yeah, so uh, unlike China, India was relatively very open to foreign yeah. technology companies. So that is why, as we have discussed in previous podcast, Amazon, Google, uh, SoftBank, all these major tech giants or firms, they invested a lot in India. Yeah. But that may now change. We'll see. Uh, so they, there are new rules, draft rules, which uh, want to encourage uh, domestic innovation and also data protection, domestic data protection in India. And that could curb the growth of these tech giants in India if those rules are put in place. Uh, so in addition to you know encouraging domestic companies, uh, domestic tech companies, uh, they want the foreign tech companies to store India's uh, Indian users' data in India. Yeah. all the big tech companies have everything on cloud. Um, those servers are located in so many different parts of the world, right. uh, making them, you know, s- store the data for Indians only in India is going to be expensive. And then tech companies do not want governments to have access to their right. users' data. <laughs> That's so, the real trick there. Yeah, yeah, so that is going to be interesting whether they will be able to actually pass those legislations or yeah. they're going to change. There's a lot of lobbying going on right now. There but be. it does extend past even the Facebook and the Googles. Obviously, PayPal is also one of the ones that doesn't like some of this legislation, but MasterCard and Visa, it's the same thing. Yes, on the payment side, mm-hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about the payment side because a lot's been going on there too. Mm-hmm. And we've mm-hmm. covered that many times. And one of the big stories is that Berkshire Hathaway took a, a big stake in the Paytm, which is India's largest digital payment company. Mm-hmm. I guess they are putting in about 300 to $350 million and that values the company at about 10 to $12 billion. They had 120 million in revenue in 2017. That's obviously expected to grow quite quickly. And I do have to say on a side note, because I was like, oh, Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett, he does like making 
international investments, but they did say in a statement that he was not personally involved, involved in this deal. Yeah. <laughs> it was his underlings who, yeah. who did this one. But that's one of the first bigger names like that that we've seen, mm-hmm. you know, take a stake. And then they apparently have 9.9% of the market, which is 95 million active monthly users was the last data I saw. And then PayPal is right there with them at 9.8%. And then you do have some smaller players like Google's Tez. Mm -hmm. We talked about them when they were launching it on a prior podcast. And now they have 22 million active users. So they don't seem like a real small player either. Yes. So mobile payments race is really heating up in India. Uh, In 2016, the government uh, announced this demonetization drive, uh, which resulted in cancellation of about 86% of currency in circulation. And that really sent mobile payments soaring in India. So Paytm was the major payments company then, and it really benefited from the government's uh, demonetization drive. And uh, before Warren Buffett's investment, uh, uh, SoftBank and Alibaba had invested in that, right. um, in that company. And as the race is heating up, you know, India is now the second largest smartphone market in the world. And the uh, number of Internet users is growing because Internet yeah. plans are really cheap in India. So that is why uh, this race is heating up. And Google, uh, Google stays, and I think they changed the name to Google Payments or Google Money oh, or did. something like that. Oh, yeah, that. they might have. You're right. Yeah. So because stays is a, a Hindi word. It okay. means fast. So they wanted to make it look like a more global name. So okay. that's why they <laughs> changed the name. But they are expanding the money transfer service. Uh, they are partnering, partnering with the many online merchants and local banks. And Google is uh, competing with Amazon, which has... Uh, the, a digital payments feature called Amazon Pay, okay. and they are they will probably also compete with uh, Facebook because Facebook uh, plans to launch mobile payments feature on WhatsApp, which you said as yeah. you mentioned that it is the most popular app in India. Have they launched that yet? I know on they, the they launched a test on a test version, okay. I think, but it hasn't been uh, expanded. I think. Okay, I saw some mixed things. Mm. I saw some that said they've launched it, and then other articles. <laughs> (laughs) said that the government is kind of um, using it as leverage on this financial regulations and the privacy and data regulations Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to hold it over their heads of like, we won't let you launch this until you agree to keep the data here in India and these other things. So I don't know which is true, but they did just hire a new CEO of Facebook India. I guess he's VP and managing director for India is his exact title. And um, he used to be CEO of Star India's video streaming platform, Hotstar. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of people think they hired him because he is in the video area. And that is a big area for for Facebook. But he's not going to handle the WhatsApp or Instagram in India, apparently. So Mm -hmm. maybe he'll just be dealing with the video over there. But he'll be reporting directly to um, Menlo Park, to Silicon Valley. So it does look like Facebook is, you know, really putting a lot of investment into India. And we've talked in the past about Amazon. Obviously, they announced several years ago now that they were going to spend $5 billion. 
And then um, Netflix, we didn't talk about them for a while, but <laughs> they have launched um, Indian specific programming now. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that we'll see how that plays out over there. But yeah, what do you think about um, this kind of crackdown and the hope that they could get some homegrown tech firms to kind of step into this space. Is it too late to get anyone up to that level, given the fact that WhatsApp is on, you know, 200 million users already? Do they, you know, did they have the first kind of entry in and now nobody else can? Uh, Yes, I I think I agree with you. It's a bit late. Yeah. Uh, So Facebook is very big in India. Walmart spent $16, sorry, $16 billion <laughs> yeah. uh, to acquire majority stake in Flipkart, That's right. which is India's uh, one of the top e-commerce uh, websites. Amazon had invested uh, $5 billion in India. It's investing $5 billion in India earlier. And recently they partnered with a private equity firm and they acquired, they're acquiring one of the largest uh, retail chains uh, in India for about $500 million. Uh, that is Aditya Birla Retail, and it has more than 500 uh, stores in oh. India. So in India, the e-commerce retail battle is heating up, and digital payments battle is heating up. Yeah. Uh, and there, there are many technology companies in India, Infosys, uh, Tata Consulting, oh, sure. uh, but they are focused mainly on software exports yeah. and consultancy services. They are not, we, we don't have any tech giants like Tencent or Alibaba in India. Right. But I think uh, because India opened up t- uh, its market to these tech giants earlier and they have already established their foothold in India. So I think it would be difficult to really curb the growth in India. Maybe some regulations uh, would slow down the growth a little bit, but I think they are already too big in that country. Okay. I did see a stat that they expect digital payments to be a trillion dollar market by 2023. That's that's only five years (laughs) away. Yeah. So you could see why there's a lot of lobbying going on. Sure. And a lot of the players want to be in there, Mm -hmm. um, especially because they're shut out of China, too. Mm -hmm. So for the most part. So, you know, that's why why they have been investing in India, because that is the big growth market for them. In China, there are so many restrictions. They were not able to. Amazon was not able to grow at all in in, um, China. Facebook uh, is basically blocked out. So so that is why uh, India has been the the country where they have been investing a lot and I think they will they have some influence over the government and now you know even the political situation is not very certain uh, I read in a recent survey that uh, chances of Modi government's re-election next year have gone down from 99% a year ago to just about 50%. Wow. Now, so basically <laughs> it's a toss-up. It looks like a toss-up now. And now why would why would they lose re-election with the economy this good? Is it other but issues now? It's basically because of oil prices oh, going up. Okay. And when oil prices yeah. go up, uh, petrol... as as oil is referred to in India, it becomes expensive. It 
affects the you know yeah. um, the spending power of consumers in India, and also it uh, heats up inflation in the country. Inflation has been a chronic problem in the uh, country for many many years, but uh, you know the central bank uh, was early successful in um, bringing inflation down. Yeah. Now, if oil prices continue to go up in rupee terms, that will uh, really um, inflation is likely to go up and probably they'll have to raise rates. Yeah, I saw a stat that it could raise wholesale and retail inflation between 1% to 2%, which mm-hmm. isn't awful. But in July, the inflation rate was 42 so it'd be around six, which yeah. is getting a little hotter than what they would like. What the central bank yeah. would like, def- definitely, and that would really impact, you know, consumers in India. On that, yeah. impact the re-election chances of Modi government. Okay, so this is something we're going to have to watch. Well, mm-hmm. a lot is going on. We like to keep on top of things in India because all the glory goes to China and the Chinese stocks, but there's a lot going on in India that is really interesting right now. So let's recap some of the stocks. So the bank stocks, if you're looking at those and maybe thinking, "Mm, I might get a buying opportunity in some of those, uh, we have two of those. So HDFC is ticker HDB again. Um, ICICI is IBN. And then, um, yes, bank does not trade here, so couldn't get access to that one if you're in the U.S. Um, but some of the other big tech names, obviously, that we talked about, you can buy here. Facebook is FB. PayPal is PYPL. Google is G-O-O-G-L. Berkshire, if you want to own that one, you can B-R-K-B. Unless you want the A shares, then you can add the A on to the end. Some of you may be might be bold enough to go for the A's, um, but that's with the B's. So they're they're trying to get into India. There's Walmart, of course, with WMT with its Flipkart purchase, and is that everybody we kind of mentioned? Amazon's in there, but we didn't really mention them that much. In another episode, we'll cover Amazon again, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, So yeah, lots of ways to invest in India, but mostly through. Um, U.S. companies. What about the Indian ETFs? We didn't really cover those. Should should that so, be a way to? Yeah, so uh, Indian ETFs are down this year because okay. of the currency factor. Yeah. And there is no currency hedged ETF for India oh. because interest rates are so high. So hedging yeah. becomes too expensive. So Indian ETFs, which had done very well last year, yeah. are, are down this year. And maybe if you're bullish on the growth story in India for longer term. And considering that currency has already fallen so much, it would not tumble another 10, 20% in near future. Right. Then probably you could look at some of the Indian ETFs. Okay. The one that I like, ticker INDA and the ticker EPI. EPI? That's a Wisdom Tree India ETF. Okay. And INDA is the ISHIS India ETF. Okay. That one's easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. And are the banks mainly in those two? I banks think and technology companies. Okay. Techno- tech companies have a major share in, in those CDS. Okay. Well, there might be some buying opportunities there then. Um, and to get some of the banks that you can't buy here through mm-hmm. the ETFs. Yes. So that's a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So we gave you just about everything on this episode. And, of course, we'll be covering more going on in India um, in the future because we like it. And there's a lot going on. So good area for investors to take a look if they're looking um, outside the U.S. 
So remember, you want to subscribe so you get all of our podcasts, because if you were a subscriber, you would have heard Nina and I on all our other India podcasts, which are um, available if you go in and look on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can find us there under the Zach's Market Edge, and we're also on SoundCloud, so you can subscribe there. But either way, be sure to get us so you don't miss a single episode. And I'll be back again next week with some more stocks. <laughs>